appreciate it. Amen? All right, so today we are going to continue the message that we started last week on faith. Um, just a little refresher course for those of you that might not have been with us last week. Um, I like to review so that we can start from the same place, all of us together. Last week, we learned that faith pleases the Lord. And that if faith pleases him, then no faith or a lack of faith or faith that is not nurtured, faith that is not fed, faith that is not grown could be displeasing. Amen. And that God, we didn't, this isn't something that we had to create. It isn't something that we can manufacture. This is something that God gave each of us the same measure, a limited amount. But the good news was you could make your amount more. And the way we found out you could make it by more was hearing the word of God. Multiple ways to hear. We hear from our pastor in the pulpit. We hear from the radio. We hear from reading the living word of God. It's alive. It becomes life to us when we read it. As well as seeing things, miracles of the Lord, reading about them or hearing someone's testimony. That would increase your faith because what you hear, you believe, and then you begin to think it differently. Amen? But we, what we identified was that when we take in the word, when we choose to do something with our faith and take in the word of God, it begins to renew our old way of thinking into a new way of thinking. Not a new way as in the new way it changes. One day it looks like this, one day it looks like this. God's way of thinking. The only way to look at it and go through life situations. Amen? So when you take in the word, it renews the way you think. It turns into the way the Lord thinks. And things that were impossible before become possible. Because our God isn't a normal person. Amen? If he was, what would be the reason of serving him? If he wasn't greater than who you are. Amen? Every day I think the Lord just, when we sleep at night, I think he goes into the universe and still creates and says, I think today I'll let them see this galaxy. What do you think about this? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a good, let them see that one. They'll really be shocked. And then it takes us another thousand years to figure out that galaxy. And he just keeps us busy because he's so big. So last week we made the choice and we realized that if we didn't choose to use our faith, then it was neglectful. So I would ask you this week, how many of you from last Sunday to this Sunday, made a choice to hear the word of God throughout the week and feed your faith. How many fed your faith this week? Okay, good, good. And how many of you, in return, used your faith in some situation that you haven't done before? Okay, good, good. So you're learning and you're applying. That's huge. It's one thing to hear the word, but it's another thing to do the word. Amen? I talked about Nike. What is their term in the world? Just do it. If you just hear it and you don't put faith into action, it won't work for you, right? Okay, so that brings me to this week. Now, Randy used to be a soccer player in high school. Now, he still thinks he's a soccer player to this day, until he plays in those Sunday night, Wednesday night leagues, and he realizes, <clears throat> where is Randy? Did he go back to the children's church? Praise Jesus. He realizes that he's really old. 
And no kidding, no kidding. This like 19 to 21 year old girl, they were playing and it's a co-ed league. And this girl kicked the ball and hit the ball. It dropped him to his knees. It was a girl. A girl kicked the ball so hard that he dropped to his knees. The next day he couldn't even walk for four days. His muscles were so sore. Every muscle in his body was sore from this game. But when you play soccer, there's certain lingo that goes on with this game. Now I was a basketball player, so sorry. I was a basketball player, so I'm not aware of soccer lingo. So when my kids started to play, when they were younger, Randy was like yelling up, up and down the field, up and down the field, maintain your positions, that's offsides. And I'm like, what, where's the jump ball? Why don't they do that? And guys, get on the court, get on the court. And Randy's like, what are you talking about? It's not a court, it's a field. It took me a while to adapt the lingo that I had for basketball to soccer, right? Now it's on the other foot and Lincoln's in basketball and Randy don't have a clue what he's talking about. And a fast break is not called offsides. It means you're faster than the other team and you get the basket. But Randy's working with that one. My point in saying all that is that just like soccer has a language and basketball has a language, so does faith. Faith has a language and we as Christians have to understand it and learn it. If you don't know it, you have to identify what that faith language sounds like. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, to, last week we talked about choosing your faith and we gave the definition of faith. So I'm going to give it again to reestablish some guidelines. Faith means a reliance upon Christ to agree with what he says, amen, to agree with what? The written word of God. Remember, I gave you all 1,000 some odd pages in my Bible. His thoughts, his ways, the way that he goes through a situation to trust and obey, now wait, and consistency of a confession, speech, and actions. Usually we get the first part. We start working through it. But when we get to the part of obey and we start to go, oh, well, that's a little scary, we never get to the second part. Consistently through our speech, our confession, and our action. Amen? And this is where we usually get derailed because, after all, I don't feel like speaking it today. I don't feel like my situation is going to change. I don't see it changing right now. Therefore, I'm being moved by what I see or feel and not what the Word of God says, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. Remember, your words that you speak have power. We learned in Deuteronomy last week that it was a charge against the Israelites that said, this day I charge you. Here's the problem. You've got life, blessing, and cursing in your life. You can either choose life or you can choose death. Am I correct? So we choose to speak the things that are life. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What you say will bring a fruit, whether good or bad. You see, the problem is, is that a lot of us struggle between that confession part because our emotions start to get involved. Remember, 
I'm one of those. I'm in this with you. I'm not above you. I'm straining through this life with you. And I'm saying I know what it's like to be in a battle when circumstances don't look the way faith says they look. Let's go to Romans 10.9. This has to do with our salvation, but I thought that it was very fitting for today. It says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The word confess right there means to acknowledge. If you'll acknowledge the Lord, if you'll agree with what he says, you will be saved. How many of you in here today have confessed the Lord Jesus as your Savior and you believe? And you're saved. Do you get up every day and question if you're saved? No. You just kind of walk in it, don't you? You just kind of know that you're saved because you believed. Listen, the same faith that it took to receive Christ as your personal Savior and wash all of your sins away, and you believe you're going to heaven, is the same God that will heal you. Is the same faith that all you have to do is confess. Say it, and it is. Right? But it's not that easy, Nicole. It's, it's, it's not that easy. Well, let's go to Mark 11, 24. Make you turn a little bit today. 11.24. Now, I want to talk about this. In Mark 11.24, we're going to go to the 11th chapter, the 12th verse first. Okay? Because the story gets split up a little bit. And this is about a fig tree. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to examine the temple. This is where he turns over the tables and purifies the temple and he's very angry because there's bad stuff going on in the church that he doesn't want to happen there, right? So here's what it says in the 12th chapter, or on the 12th verse. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus, this is talking about Jesus, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, that's important, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. Meaning, Maybe there's a fig on there because I'm hungry. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Jesus said unto it. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Hmm. What's so important about that? Well, let's keep reading. Let's go over to the 20th verse. So he goes in, cleanses the temple, comes out. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembereth, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God? Like, you're surprised? Did you think that when I spoke it wouldn't be? He was kind of like, don't you get it? I spoke, and now it is. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, 
be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now let's look at this fig tree. What was so ironic about it having leaves? Here's the point. A fig tree doesn't bear fruit like a normal tree. A normal tree gets leaves, has buds, then it produces fruit. A fig tree is in reverse. A fig tree gets a bloom, a fruit, then leaves. So when Jesus looked from afar off and saw that it had leaves, he would make the assumption that the fruit had already come. Now the symbology of the fig tree here was Israel, and there's a whole nother message within that. But I'm speaking to you to let you identify Jesus used the fig tree as a teaching example to the disciples that said, if it doesn't have fruit, he's going to cut it off and it's not going to live anymore. But the point was, is that he cursed it in the evening. In the morning, Peter saw that it had dried up. Sometimes what you see is cursed at the roots and takes time to come up before it's withered. What you see is not what God sees. Jesus knew that when he cursed it, immediately it was done. And the disciples just kept walking. But the next day, they were actually marveling like, hey, hey, is that the fig tree? Oh my gosh, master, master, look. Yeah? Have faith in God. Like, just that simple. See, when you say, are you a whosoever? Who's the whosoever in this scripture? Me, right? When whosoever shall say unto this mountain, the mountain of finances, the mountain of your marriage, the mountain of the sickness mounting upon you, the mountain, this obstacle that stands in front of you and where you need to go has to be removed if you say to it. What is saying? Saying is an action to faith. An action to faith. But if you don't take action and you keep it all in here and in here and you don't let it out, is it alive? Is it working? Because Jesus spoke. Why didn't he just walk by it and think it? Well, I think that for three of you. Well, there's multiple reasons. One, because he needed the disciples to see what the power of words could do. He used it as a teaching lesson. Number two, he knew the power of words. God created the universe with words. The universe didn't have just mountains in different places of the universe. And God said, mountain that's over here, come and be in the earth. He spoke a mountain, and a mountain that had no existence, not one pebble, not one piece of rock, was. We had never seen a mountain before. But when God spoke it, it became. Amen. It didn't come from another mountain. The mountain didn't exist before he made it. His words gave life to the very existence that we live in. 
That's faith. That's the proof of faith. That's the evidence. Look around. How could you say that the earth was Big Bang? Big Bang with all this order? Are you kidding me? Look at the DNA structure of one man. And that I can trace Jim's lineage for 40 generations by looking at his DNA and say that when it banged, it all fell into order? No. No. It is because it's God. He spoke it and it was. You, being God's children, can speak it and it will be. But you got to believe in the power of what you're speaking. Romans 4.17. 4.17. Let's go there. Romans 4.17. It says, as it is written, this is talking about salvation through the law of faith. What I want to get at is this scripture about Abraham and this story. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Who's this father? This was Abraham, right? God spoke to him, you will be a father of many nations. But how could he be a father of many nations if he couldn't have one child? Because his wife and him, they were barren. Before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth, calleth. How did he call? Did he call him with his hand? Did he call him with his foot? Maybe he called him with a... That was Elvis. Hey, never mind. We can't do that on stage. It would be a bad rendition anyways. He used his mouth. He spoke. He calleth those things which are not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. The spoken word. Are you seeing the language start to develop? Are you seeing that faith has a language? And the language, the world has a language. The world has a language of defeat, death. Everything about it says you can't. Oh, no, that won't work. No, no, no. Worry, fear, doubt, unbelief. But God's language of faith is you shall live and you shall not die. You shall speak life and breathe life and live accordingly. God says you have victory in every situation. See, through faith, you understand that the world's way of thinking is not yours and that Faith inside of you calleth out and says, no, 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 no. That's not what this situation is going to be because this is what the Lord says. The continual renewing of that mind. Faith cries out in your situation. All you have to do is open your mouth and start saying what God says about your situation. Now listen, Abraham was not moved by what he saw. Now, let's just get real here. There was a problem. Abraham was old in his years. They didn't have the little blue pill. Now, I'm only telling you that because I hear the commercial just like you hear it. He didn't have a pill that he could take to fix the situation. 
The world has begun to tell you that a pill will fix your situation. That's not truth. Now, I'm not telling you there's not a time that you might need pills in your life to help you through a season. But what I'm telling you is that God is the antidote to your sin. God is the antidote to sickness and disease and financial ruin. You have the antidote, but you have to open your mouth and speak it. Speak it. Speak the life and not death. Abraham had to begin, but let me tell you something. When he began to speak, he didn't speak out of his emotions. I wonder sometimes if, you know, we all have different personalities, and I'm sure Moses didn't, or Abraham didn't take that disc test that the marriage class is going to take to know about their personalities, but I wonder if Moses, or Abraham was a little bit Vulcan. Maybe he didn't have many emotions to fight because when I get in a battle and my emotions start raging, sometimes they're moving me faster than everything else around me. I don't want to. I know it's wrong, yet my situation keeps pulling me, pulling me, and I'm trying. But then I realize this battle's in your mind. Open your mouth and speak. When Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, what did he say? No, 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 I can't let my emotions get involved. No, 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 no. He said, Satan, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone. What did he do? He opened his mouth and began to declare the word of the Lord. The biggest, greatest weapon you ever have is the word of the Lord. You've got to open your mouth and speak what God says about your situation. Not what your feelings say about it. Not what your eyes see. Not how your heart is moved. But how God is moved in your situation. Do you think that God's heart was not moved towards every miracle that he saw? Yes, it was but he wasn't lorded over by it. And we can't be either. It's the fight. It's the fight. It's the battle. And I'm telling you that when you open your mouth, it will become. It will become evident and your situation will begin to change. See, when you truly believe in your heart what this says, your mouth will begin to follow suit. If you've got to think of what to say, before you speak in your situation, you're not quite fully persuaded. The word says that Abraham was fully persuaded. There's a reason for that. In order to become fully, you got to get a little full. In order to get fully, you've got to get a little more full. And in order to be fully, you got to get past full and get fully persuaded. So when you think you're full, you're not. There's more to come. Fully doesn't stop until you take your last breath and fully's over. Because there's no need to be persuaded anymore because you're there. You see, Proverbs 13.3 says, He that keepeth his mouth. Keepeth his mouth. Ooh, that's a hard one keepeth his life. Let me tell you something. If you're struggling speaking life in your situation, just shut your mouth and put tape on it. Because I'm telling you, you'll get a better outcome 
by speaking nothing at all than you will by speaking your feelings, your emotions, or what you see in that moment. Practice just being still. Practice shutting up and don't destroy anything with your mouth. Because he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. He that opens wide his lips just spills to the world about every situation that's going on in their life and just the truth of the matter because this is just the way my life is. Death, cursing, just building the big black fruit, just building it. Listen, fruit don't grow on a tree if you're not going to eat it. That's what it's for. Then you eat the black fruit, you put it in, and just more blackness comes out. Dad will go on a word fast. Why? Keep his mouth. Keep his mouth shut. And be reminded of how much he wants to speak of his own avail. Just vain babbling. But God quiets it and begins to teach him again. Watch your words, you don't say that. Watch your words, you don't say that. It will be good for all of us to take a fast like that. Many of you have been in love and you're just walking with that person and you're just like, I love you. Oh, I love you too. I love you too. Where'd that come from? Being fully persuaded. It just came out. You didn't have to work it up. You didn't have to find the strength to say it. You didn't have to think as you're walking now, before we get to that stop sign up there, I'm going to tell her I love her. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Why? Because you just love her. It's in you. It just comes out, right? Because you spend time with her, because you're intimate with her, because you communicate with her. You embrace her. That was selfish. Did anybody see that? I said communication and embrace are all in the same sentence. But this is kind of good having him in the service. I get to say everything I want in front of everybody. I'm just putting him on the spot. Really, he, he does love me. He doesn't communicate, but he does love me. I've just given him a hard time because he's on the front row and he thinks I really need his help right now. I do. He completes me. I'm not who I am without him. I can't do this life without him. I'm not speaking faith. That is truth. I live in this place of emotion because I'm a woman. Randy does not. There's times that I don't have a clear perspective because my emotions are moving me to a situation. I love you pours out because I truly love him. When you truly believe what the word of the Lord is saying, it comes out without having to be worked up, without having to be facilitated, without having to be written down. It just starts coming. And by that moment, you're living by faith. Everything in you is about faith. But you got to start filling it up. It takes time to become fully persuaded. See, when your word in your heart is mixed with faith, it becomes confession. Otherwise, your words become, you ready for this? I'm going to tell you. Your words become 
just babble. Mind over matter, babble. If you speak words without faith and you just become this robot, well, this is what the Lord said. That's not what this is. That's not what this is. That's where you become the people when the world watch you and go, yeah, those are those um, name it, claim it, grab it, all those people. Grab it, claim it, grab it, grab it. I don't know what it was. The point is, it's not for that. This is mixed with faith about what God can do. You're not allowed to take something that you want that's not written in here and say, I want my neighbor's car. And begin to speak the word because you really believe in your heart your neighbor's going to give you the car and say that that's faith. That's not faith. That's garbage. That's garbage. You want to believe God for your own car because you need transportation and you want a blue car and not a black car, then you can believe God for that. But you can't believe God for your neighbor's car because that doesn't line up with the word of God. So whatever it is that you're wanting, whatever it is that you're praying for, whatever that faith is to be fully persuaded about needs to line up with the word of God. Amen? Let's go to Matthew 9.20. You're going to see faith in action in this story. Only three or four scriptures long and it's a story. In this story, this was the story about the woman with the issue of blood. Now keep in mind, in those days, when a woman had a cycle that came every single month, she was put away. She was put out of the camp, out of the house, and meant to go clean that by herself. It was a time of cleansing, a time of purging for a woman's body. And it wasn't meant to be done in the home around everyone else. So this woman, when she had the issue of blood, you have to keep in mind, she has been sick for 12 years. So for 12 years, this woman hasn't been with her husband. For 12 years, she's been watching her kids from afar. I'm sure she went to doctors. I'm sure she sought other ways of receiving healing from this situation. So they may have been financially stressed because of what it did. I'm sure she was known around the town because you would know if someone didn't have a mother. Where's your mom? Oh, she's still dealing with the cleansing issue. That sets us up for verse 20. It said, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him, behind Jesus, who was walking to a different place, and touched the hem of his garment. Now listen here. For she said, said within herself, if I may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. What caused that woman to reach out? And touch him. What caused her that day to come from her place of cleansing to where Jesus was and reach out and touch him? Faith. The language of faith took over her and her action became more important than what her words said because actions in this situation spoke louder than anything she could do. 
Just like you can hear more ways than just with your ears. Because what you see, you do hear. When you see a miracle, you hear that God is faithful. When you see words written on a page and you read them, they come alive and you hear them differently. Just like faith can say when she reached out and touched him, she said, I believe. She said, my faith has action. And because of that faith, Jesus reached down and said, your faith has made you whole. Twelve years, what joy do you think took her over? What joy to be able to go back to her children and her husband and spend life with them? All because she gave faith a voice in her life. There is in a situation that faith will not change today. Faith has an action. It reaches out. It's not just a lip service of mind over matter. It's mixed with what the heart and the mind know. And it begins to believe and grow. That's what faith does. Let's go to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. This is probably my favorite Bible story in the entire Bible. And as being a part of the praise and worship team, you can imagine why. So this is a story of a king who was going to incur a great battle, but he knew by the numbers in his head that this wasn't going to be a good battle. He knew that I don't have as many as they do, and I need to know what to do. So he calls to the prophets who speak to them back then. And this is what the prophet said in verse 15. Now I'm going to jump through here because it's a very long story. So just follow with me. It says, this is what he's speaking to Jehoshaphat. Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, it is God's. Well, how's that true? If it's army against army, you think, you think God's going to show up himself? I mean, consider what is being said here. This is looking real impossible at this point already. Ye, in the, verse 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still. Okay, I've never fought a battle that I needed to stand still in. And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Go on down to verse 20. Now this is Jehoshaphat speaking to the army. This is what I call the pep talk before the battle. He says, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. His favor endureth forever. And when they began action to sing and praise, both of them are in their mouth. Both of them are in their mouth. Their feet were going. Their arms were going. There wasn't an action on their body that they weren't moving 
to win that battle? When was the last time in your situation did you just get the dance on? Now, I can't dance. I'm just saying, when was the last time that you allowed your faith to have access to all of you? When was the last time that your mouth was not self-serving? When was the last time that your arms and your hands and your feet were not for feeding yourself and for walking, but for praising the living God about your situation? Praise is faith in action. It is a proclamation of what God has already done in your situation. And he said, as they began to praise, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. In verse 23, the last sentence, it says, everyone helped to destroy one another. What? You want to talk about sheer confusion? An army that had been bred that no one's left behind. We go together, we fight together, we stand together. Was destroyed by confusion and began to smite one another instead of the enemy. All because of an action of faith. It's one thing to choose faith. It's another thing to act on it. Some of us are right here. Some of us are right here on the edge. And oh, oh, it just came to me. I've said this before, but this is so awesome. How many of you saw Indiana Jones? This is going to tell me about my age, too. This is going to tell you how old I am, which I don't like that. But Indiana Jones, I don't know which one it was, but it was all about the Bible. There was a whole bunch of biblical things in it. Was it about faith? I don't remember. You know, you can show me the same movie 15 times, and it's always like the first time I've seen it. That's what you love about me, isn't it, honey? Yeah. Over there's a mountain. He's on this mountain, and he's got to get from here to here. But there's no bridge. There's not a broken bridge. There's not even a rope that he can swing to get the other bridge. And he keeps reading this little thing in the book telling him, if you'll just step out, something like that. And he's like, but, but where? Like this mountain goes for miles. What if I step in the wrong spot? What if, and then it's not there and I just fall. Some of you are right here, right here in your situation. And see, all you have to do is step. There is no right or wrong place. Step and boom, it will be. Just step, just take the chance. Take the step of faith and put action to what you believe and watch God go, ooh. And the bridge shows up. Sometimes it's only one step that shows up. And you've got to take the next one. Shaken. But fear not or be dismayed, for the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, for God is with you. How many times did he say it? Not once, not twice. He kept saying, fear not. Faith doesn't fear. Faith steps. Faith reaches. Faith calleth. God says, whatsoever ye shall say. Say it to the mountain. Say it to your situation. 
Don't let another day go by that you don't seize the opportunity to say faith, to step in faith, to reach in faith. Hebrews 10, 23. I'm closing because today there are a lot of people to pray for. Amen? I know a lot of you have come looking for a miracle. And I am breeding and seeding faith in this atmosphere, knowing that you shall receive that which you've came for. I know that whosoever shall say to that mountain, be moved. It's going to be moved. Your mountain may look like sickness. Your mountain might look like defeat. Your mountain might look like that child is never coming home to serve the Lord. Your battle may look like it is not able to be won. But all the more reason to sing and praise because the more impossible it looks, the more possible it becomes. God's not looking for possible. He doesn't look for possible. My God looks for impossible things. He don't look for a little anthill to step over it and move like this. He looks for a mountain. For mountain movers, amen? 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Hold fast to the profession of our faith. The profession means to make an announcement, declare it, and confess. Make a public announcement. Speak to your situation publicly. Publicly. You know what? When you're walking through that grocery store and you're adding up those groceries, I'm just going to tell you, my mom and I used to do this. I was the calculator. She didn't trust me real well, but then I became an accountant, so she realized that as a child I was really on my written purpose for her. There was $50 to spend. But as we were walking through the grocery store, she'd put it in and she'd say, God, I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. We didn't have the money to buy what we needed. We had to watch every penny and every dime. But week after week after week, God was faithful to deliver what we needed. If we didn't have enough at the grocery, there was a bag of groceries when we got home sitting on our door. All my mom had to do was say, boy, Peter, I sure would like a turkey. And boom, within two days, the turkey and the whole fixings was delivered on our door. Amen. Why? Because she spoke it. She wasn't afraid to speak faith. She wasn't afraid of what would happen. It was, I'll speak it and watch God come through. Amen. It was my father and I publicly sitting at rinks on carpet. Carpet, big rolls of carpet all day. People would go by, Nicole, or, hi, how are you guys? Can I help you with anything? Nope, we're just waiting on someone to come buy us carpet. The lady at Ring said, what do you mean? I said, don't worry, my dad thinks that God spoke to him and we're here for faith. I publicly announced what God was doing in our lives. I wasn't ashamed of what God could or couldn't do. I knew that he was a God of impossible at an early age. Now, there were days I questioned whether my dad heard from the Lord or not, but I never questioned that God was God and he was a God of impossible. You know how we built the church? One two-by-four by two-by-four. Two by two. Dad would give me $2.30 some odd cents and say, here, 
Take this down to Botkin's Lumber and tell them you need it eight foot two by four. I said, Dad, just, you sure? Like, I gotta go down there. Can't you just pick it up on the way to the church? I don't wanna carry that on my bike. Nicole, I need the two by four and I'm not leaving. You go get it and meet me over at the church. Oh, and of course that day, guess who I'm riding my bike? I got a two by four. Now I had a 10 speed then. I had my two by four dripped on the front of my bars and I was holding on the side, just rolling down the river, right? And there he goes, the most beautiful, handsome, perfect guy ever. The only guy I ever had a crush on in school. Drives by, hi, Nikki. I'm like, hi. Oh, I was so embarrassed. His name was actually Randy Waters. He went to Piqua, but no. I'm not going to tell you his name because Randy might go back through my yearbook and look at him. Did you hear him? I know who it is. Listen, God is faithful to do what he has promised. Hold fast to the profession. Declare it and confess. Give your faith a voice without wavering. Without wavering. Remember. Without wavering. Just step and watch him be there. Step and reach out and watch him be present. Isaiah 58, 8, 11, and I'm going to finish with this. God is watching over his word. And he said in the 8th verse of the 55th chapter, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, saith the Lord. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth a bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of his mouth, it shall not return void unto me, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Either you believe it or you don't. Either today you're fully persuaded or you're not. The book of James says that a man that is double-minded... One day he believes. One day it's over here. One day, no, 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 you're the, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm so sick. No, I'm not. I'm healed. No, I'm so sick. Oh! He's unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways. This is why I'm telling you, it would be better for you to be quiet than it would for you to speak cursing and then blessing. It's said in this world that for every negative thought... It takes seven to get rid of it. It's time we stop wavering in who our God is. Because the last time I checked, he's a God of power. 
He's the God that speaketh truth and not lies. He doesn't tell you that he'll give you this and not. That's not the God that we serve. God is watching over his word to bring it to pass. All you have to do is speak it. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, that's what I got for today about faith and the language of faith. And I'm sure that this week, though we chose faith last week, and we chose to nurture it, to feed it, and to bring it to its maturity, it's never wrong to take what's in you right now and begin to speak it. And watch what you got. Watch the faith that you have in your life and that you've developed begin to work for you in your situation. Today, we're going to be praying for all of you out there that have a need. We're going to be praying for the brokenhearted, the sick, the bound, the depressed, and according to Isaiah 58, the 6th and 8th chapter, to undo heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free, that we would break every yoke. James 5, 14 and 15, I'm going to turn there because I want to read this scripture to you. This is important. I'm going to ask the couples that I've asked to come up and pray with us today. We've had a prayer service before the service today in lieu of you, breaking our fast today after we're done um, with the church service. And I'm just grateful again for those of you that prayed with us. I understand that not every one of you might need a miracle today, but you standing in the gap and fasting this week for someone else other than you, that's rewarded, let me tell you. It says the fifth chapter, the 14th and 15th and 16th verse, it says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Sorry, just those two scriptures. God's not here to maybe do it. God's not here to maybe meet your need. As we pray in the prayer of faith, you shall be saved. You shall be delivered from your situation. You shall be healed from the sickness in your body. You shall see financial ruin take a turnabout and change. You shall see the spirit of addiction broken in your life and the power to get over it. You shall have the broken heart mended and restored. God's here to heal. We began seeding this atmosphere. You know, for the Olympics... People in that region went up in airplanes and seeded the atmosphere for snow. They put chemicals in planes and went up high above the clouds and began to drop it so that the clouds would become seeded with rain and then knowing that the cold temperatures would bring snow. And sure enough, they had snow. This atmosphere today in this service, in this church service, has been seeded. See, we have seed. We are the sower. We seed this atmosphere to bring rain. We seed this atmosphere to bring faith. We seed this atmosphere today for miracles, signs, and wonders. Not maybe proof of it, but proof of it. 
Trust me. If you do what God says to do, without doubting and believing, and you say it, it shall be done. So today when we pray, I don't want you to be looking at your earthly circumstance. I need you to take your emotions and say, emotions, I need to leave you right here. My spirit's going down without you today. And you're going to come down and God's going to meet you.